Welcome to the Intesa San Paolo Talks. Hello and welcome to another episode in our Intesa San Paolo Talks podcast series on the Italian way to a circular economy. And this time we're heading to Brussels to take a look at the EU's new circular economy action plan. Published in March, just as the coronavirus crisis was taking hold of Europe, the plan claims to provide an agenda for achieving a cleaner and more competitive Europe. And it says it does this in participation with companies, consumers and other civil organisations. I suppose the obvious question is, how does it do that? Well, in a minute, we'll hear from Francesca Passamonti, who's in Teza San Paolo's Head of European Regulatory Affairs, about how the bank's own plans work with the EU's one. But first, let's speak to Joanna Drake. She is Deputy Director General for the Environment at the European Commission. Joanna, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, What are the specific goals of the plan? Well, um, I would say if if you want specific, um, we'll go to uh, controlling consumption and keeping them within the planetary boundaries. So having a look again at our consumption, we have to reduce our consumption footprint and we have to double the circular material which is used in the coming decade. So I would say these three specific goals. If you want to look at products and apply these goals, this would mean, for instance, that products on the EU market should be designed to last. They should be designed to be easier to repair. They should be designed to have to contain more recycled materials. For instance, just to give you one very practical example, if our smartphones lasted just one year longer, it would be the same in terms of carbon emissions of taking one million cars off the road. But just, you know, concentrating on the specific goals, just to remind you, there are 35 initiatives in the yeah. plan. So that's a, that is a fantastic example you know, that, that, that you've just used there. I guess the question is, how do you, how do you persuade or people and organisations? You know, for instance, if you take that example, how do you persuade people not to want a new one and how do you persuade companies that are making them and selling them not to come up with new ones all the time is it can it be done with with nudging people or do you have to sort of regulate of course you cannot achieve fast transformation without legislation let's start from there you have to have legislation you have to have enforcement and of course we as public authorities have the responsibility to steer the transition by also transmitting a sense of urgency and this is why you know we have to keep in mind the environmental crisis and the current climate crisis that we're all uh, experiencing. Of course, on the other hand, we need to do it together with our economic actors to be on board. And we have to encourage them to compete, to innovate, and to bring our knowledge to the next level. I would say that without the private sector, adopting the measures that go beyond legislation without consumers making sustainable choices, there simply cannot be an efficient circular economy anytime soon. And this is why we are supporting and will continue to support companies in transition, as well as public authorities with financial and non-financial instruments. And we are in this very much together. Yeah, it's it's interesting you talk about urgency. Is that one of the biggest challenges, do you think, you know, creating a sense of urgency amongst the whole community for for something which is so long term? It is. Um, we cannot deny that. And of course, it's very difficult to provide a timeline here. Uh, why? Because uh, the circularity is, 
very much connected to the variable T for technology and how fast can innovation progress. But if I had to mention a date, um, we consider that uh, 2030 as the moment to achieve the right critical mass, I would say. In fact, the Circular Economy Action Plan states that the European Union should strive to reduce its consumption footprint and double its circular material use rate in the coming decade. At the same time, our polar star is enshrined in the Green Deal, which is achieving climate neutrality by 2050. Are there sectors, you know, sort of industries or perhaps, you know, areas of the economy where you, you can focus quickly and, and, and get easy wins, do you think? In general, we have to say that circular economy can and should be applied to all sectors. But some economic sectors are and have more circularity potential than others do. And I would say in some sectors, the sustainability challenge requires more urgency. It really spurs us on to do more faster. And I would consider here, for instance, electronics and ICT, batteries and vehicles, packaging, plastics, textiles, construction, buildings and food. You talk in the plan about moving from front runners to main e mainstream economic players. Uh -huh. uh, is that true, do you think, when it comes to sort of consumers or, or the, what you might call the general public? Do you think there are... You know, at the moment, perhaps there are, there are a few people who are interested in, in this subject, know about it and, and are active, but we need to get more people involved and more people understanding it. You are very right in stressing the importance of uh, not only involving consumers, I would say mainstreaming consumers in this process. And you can only do so uh, by enabling and empowering them in order to make sustainable choices. Sustainable choices should be the natural choice rather than the exceptional exceptional one. And hence, the Circular Economy Action Plan stresses that it is really a key building block of the sustainable product policy framework, for instance, to empower consumers and to provide them even with cost-saving opportunities. So, for instance, um, the Commission will propose a revision of the European Consumer Law to the extent that we need to ensure that consumers, first of all, can actually trust the information they receive on the products at the point of sale. We all know that there are claims that are not exactly what is being claimed to be very diplomatic. Um, and we will also consider, uh, to this extent, to strengthen consumer protection against greenwashing and also premature obsolescence. In addition to this, we shall be working as well towards establishing a new right to repair, as it were. And where we are now, I mean, you know, this is an EU action plan. Uh, within the EU, are, are different countries are sort of at different stages along the journey? No doubt the, the social angle of the circular economy uh, is really important uh, part of the action plan. Uh, and even before the pandemic, and even, even more, I would say, in the context of the current economic crisis, we need really to ensure that no one is left behind, including different European regions, which, as you say, have different levels of, shall we say, achievement in this in this trajectory towards um, circularity. So I would say that our levels of support will be on on three on three levels. First, we would ensure that we have instruments in support of skills and job creation. 
because this in itself would contribute to accelerating the pace to the transition to circular economy. We also are going to further invest further investments um, in education and training systems and lifelong learning and also social innovation under the European Social Fund. Second level would be financing instruments and funds. And in this case, uh, we would be supporting the necessary investments at regional level to ensure that all regions benefit from the transition. Finally, the third level um, would be on the recovery package. Um, and the recovery package, as you know, it's still at the moment being negotiated between the Parliament and the Council. And we, through, this, through this fund, we're very committed to facilitate a sensible agreement in the interests of all Europeans. But regardless of the specific outcome of this, these current discussions, I want to assure you that circular economy and European Green Deal agenda will remain central in shaping the economic reconstruction and the future of a climate-neutral Europe. The Intesa San Paolo Talks. Thank you for, for now, Joanna. Um, we'll come back to Joanna in a minute. But first, I've been talking to Francesca Passamonti, Intesa San Paolo's Head of European Regulatory Affairs. And I asked her how the action plan fits with what Intesa San Paolo is already doing. Well, um, as you may know, Intesa San Paolo has always been at the forefront of sustainability. Um, you know, sustainability is uh, one of the pillars of our uh, current business plans. And uh, the initiatives, you know, that the European Commission has taken are therefore going into the direction that we decided to embrace already some years ago. And uh, so they are very happy. We, we really welcome uh, the European Commission's action plan because it can support our business and it can help us facilitating the, trans the transition of our customers towards a circular economy. You know, and this, uh, in a way, it is endorsing and strengthening our business plan. Does the fact that Intesa San Paolo has a dedicated circular economy credit facility, do, 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 are people aware of that in Brussels? Do they, do they, do, does that have a sort of some, give you more credibility perhaps or something? Yes, because this is, uh, you know, uh, an evidence of our, you know, of the fact that we, that we are very convinced that circular economy is the future and that, uh, uh, you know, we, we need to, to, to finance companies and help them, you know, shifting their models into, uh, into, from, the, uh, from a linear to a circular economy. So certainly this uh, helps, uh, helps a lot. When you're talking about this sort of stuff in, in Brussels, are you what the English would call pushing at an open door or do you meet a lot of resistance? Well, it depends, uh, you know, but now the Commission, I mean, in the last few years, the Commission has been very much uh, open, uh, you know, to this, uh, to talk about the, the circular economy. There has been a, a, a cultural shift. I mean, circular economy is one of the, of the planks of the European Commission's uh, Green Deal. So there is very much a lot of commitment from EU authorities into going into this uh, direction. And actually, this helps us uh, really a lot of having the, uh, 
the, the commission behind us because this helps us also in our when we approach our client and when we advise our client to move and to shift their business models towards uh, a circular economy. Does it that that, that really is a, a a force? Is it you know because it, it's easy to to say that that what they do is going to help you do what you do, so to speak. Yes, but exactly. but it really does yeah. make a difference. Yeah, and actually this uh, kind of public-private partnership between uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the financial uh, um, industry and, uh, and of course, also the, with the Commission is very, very, very helpful. In the, in the action plan, there is a mix of sort of ideas for regulation and ideas for encouragement. Is there is it possible? Do you think to sort of define where the balance sits between encouraging companies to be circular and forcing them to do so? Well, this is a very uh, very delicate uh, aspect. Uh, you know that policymakers need to, to to manage. It is not only peculiar to the circular economy, but to all uh, kind of policies. You know, and it, we believe it is up also to the policymakers to find the right uh, balance. Um, in in this perspective, uh, you know, we believe that uh, uh, you know it is important to define goals and deadlines that are achievable, that are realistic. Otherwise, uh, you know, the uh, the policymaker risk losing the credibility. And the, the other thought, the thing that strikes me from the from the action plan is, that, you know, really high up in that report and in, in the whole document, it talks about job creation and you know, there's all this stuff about the, all the sort of area of the European pillar of social rights and, and and delivering equality and and the like. Is this? Are you sure? Are you confident that that you know a move towards a circular economy is? going to sort of create jobs and, and, and help with equality and things like that? Or is there a danger that it just sort of magnifies difference? No, no, absolutely. We are, we are convinced that, uh, you know, uh, moving to a circular economy will create jobs. Actually, we have already uh, seen uh, jobs being, uh, being created uh, with the, thanks to the, when companies, you know, go, uh, go, go circular. Um, so we are quite, uh, quite confident that uh, this uh, uh, will happen. The Intesa San Paolo Talks. That was Francesca Passamonti, Intesa San Paolo's Head of Regulatory Affairs. So Joanna Drake, who is Deputy Director General for the Environment at the European Commission, is still with me. How important do you think the role of financial institutions like Intesa San Paolo is in the in all this well naturally um circular economy is a, a global mega trend mega trend um so obviously the investment side is going to be uh, so important encouraging the, the right type of investments for the right type of projects for the right type of innovation for the right type of business models is going to be absolutely uh, key in order to uh, give the momentum to this uh, to this trajectory towards circular economy when you talk about mega trends you know it, i suppose the, the 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 question would be that you know, we're talking about Europe here and what you can do inside Europe, but you know, this is a, a global thing. Can can you influence the rest of the world? Do you need help from the rest of the world? Are people going to work together on this, or is it going to be another area of competition between trading blocks and trading nations? Do you think? 
Well, I mean, there will be no circular economy in Europe uh, unless we engage with international partners, that's for sure. At the same time, um, I wouldn't say that if Europe engages alone without the rest of the world, then Europe is the one to suffer. There is quite a lot of data to suggest the creation of jobs and also uh, new types of jobs and new business models for, um, since uh, 2017, when the first Circular Economy Action Plan came into place. If, so we are going to go down the road. There is no doubt about that. And other parts of the world do not. I would say that they would be the ones to be uh, uncompetitive. It is definitely a long-term business strategy to connect businesses with new markets. But I would say that when a company actually makes it its strategy to reuse and to rely on remanufacturing or to incorporate recycled materials, uh, then it will itself be making uh, a lot of cost savings and will ren be rendering itself more competitive in the world because it is not actually depending on uh, maybe currently unstable supplies, as, as COVID pandemic has shown us how, how fragile the value chains could be. And it could also be protected itself from resource price fluctuations. And also, I would say, sector economy strategies, the macro strategies, could avert also major pressures facing developing countries, including health, environmental effects from unmanaged waste, which, of course, has then clear benefits also to the health of individuals. Why? Because we are reducing air, water and soil pollution because of this. All of this, I would say, in general, and this is why we believe it is a mega trend that really uh, feeds into uh, the climate targets. Um, if we do not do this, then I think all uh, the climate, uh, climate change will be exacerbated unless we are really acting now. And a, a final thought, uh, I guess, that you, you've set yourselves some ambitious targets in some ambitious timeframes. How confident are you of, of success? First of all, we have put in place indicators to help us measure success. So we have a monitoring framework of indicators in place to track the transition and also to help us identify, uh, I would say, timely identify where the next steps are needed. I would say countries are being more and more ambitious um, on a national level, even on a regional level, many member states, for instance, have their own National Circular Economy Action Plan, which is inspired by the actions in, in our plans at European level. And I would say, more importantly, business leaders are recognizing the importance of circular economy for their businesses. So I would say faster improvement of the circularity indicators is, is going to, to be happening soon. Um, and I would say the current climate of cooperation on circularity um, will give me a lot of optimism about what we can achieve. Thank you, Joanna. That was uh, Joanna Drake, who's the Deputy Director General for the Environment at the European Commission. And we also heard from Francesca Passamonti, Intesa San Paolo's Head of European Regulatory Affairs. That's it for this episode of the Intesa San Paolo Talks. If you've enjoyed it and want to hear more, then please subscribe to us using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Intesa San Paolo Talks, presented by Guy Ruddle. Thank you.